third episode of Not Giving a Puck with your host, Nick Scortino. Now, today, we have a, not necessarily a light day, but it's a little bit on the lighter side. Um, obviously, you know, uh, hockey is still in the free agency period and the off season, so there has not been too much to really talk about so far. Um we, we do have some deals to talk about. There are some pretty good deals uh, that teams have signed to avoid arbitration, and there are some head-scratching deals that uh, trade trades that may have happened, but <laughs> we're going to dive into that. And we've also got... Um, we're also going to be talking about the Matthew Kachuk trade with Florida and kind of how that plays out for the future. And pretty much that's going to be most of uh, today's show. It's, as I said, it's a light one, but still hockey is, uh, you know, slowly coming back, slowly coming back. And I'm getting very excited for, uh, for it to be back in full force. So we're going to take a short break and then we're going to start diving right into everything that um, has happened in the last few days in the hockey world. So, Without further ado, we will be right back. What's going on, ladies and gents of Chop Sports? It's your boy, Sturch, again. And today, I want to talk to you about our newest affiliate and sponsor, and that's the Fusco Insurance Agency. Michael Fusco has partnered up with Chop Sports, and we are very pumped about every single service his company has to offer. The Fusco Insurance Agency offers personal and commercial lines, life insurance, health insurance. They even help with retirement and employee benefit administration. They offer accounting services through Prestige Tax Group, Tax Preparation and Planning, Bookkeeping, Payroll, Retirement Planning, Insurance, Asset Protection, and even Life Settlements. Guys, they even fix your credit, okay? They have credit repair through their own physically fit credit repair. They offer exclusive plans, and Fusco's promise to you is that you can't lose money and you can participate in all the gains with a cap. If you're looking for a blend of personal service and expertise, you've come to the right place. They offer a broad range of services for business owners and independent professionals. Their rates are affordable, they're very experienced, and of course, the most important part about this whole thing, they're very friendly people. Visit the website right now for more of the ins and outs that Michael offers at www.fuscoinsurancecompany.com. Guys, behind every great sports fan is a spouse or a significant other that tirelessly puts up with us day in and day out, and sometimes they're even bigger fans than we are. At Chop Sports, we're all about helping all brands expand their business, and today we want to talk to you guys about a women's clothing company out of North Carolina called Lilac and Sage Boutique. Tell them, Dita. Lilac and Sage Boutique is a veteran-owned, LEL spouse-operated boutique based out of North Carolina. They were founded by those who serve. Their goal is to continue their service by providing affordable clothing to other hardworking women. They ship orders all over the world. They have all sorts of amazing styles, ranging from women's tops, rompers, to sundresses. I myself have already purchased way too many items, and I'm coming back for more. Guys, you have to act now, and at checkout, be sure to let them know you heard about them via Chop Sports by entering the code CHOP10 and get 10% off your purchase at checkout. Visit them online right now at www.lilacsageboutique.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Lilac Sage Boutique and join their mailing list like I did so I don't miss any of their new arrivals. You heard it from the producer herself, ladies and gentlemen. Check out lilacsageboutique.com. All right, welcome back to episode three of Not Giving a Puck, and we are going to start diving into these um, to these deals that have 
happened. So uh, one of the ones on July 21st, this has happened. It was um, Nino Niederreiter is signing a two-year, $8 million uh, deal to join the Nashville Predators. Now, uh, Niederreiter is a six foot two, 215-pound right winger. He's a lefty, and he... Uh, last season for the Canes, he was uh, he was a very solid uh, player. You know, big physical guy, big physical winger, and you know played seventy five games, twenty four goals, twenty assists, forty four points. That's you know a very solid um, output for a guy of his uh, caliber. Uh, you know, just a big, big winger. Uh, he had. 14 he, uh, his total time on ice was um 1450 each game so obviously you know he's a, a and I think he definitely this will be one of the moves for Nashville that will definitely help them out further down the road cuz obviously they made the playoffs unfortunately this year unfortunately they had to go through Colorado Colorado wasn't uh, wasn't the easiest opponent to go through because as we all know, Colorado won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Stanley Cup. So, adding this type of piece to Nashville, I think, would help out a lot. Get that physicality going. Um, you obviously uh, had Matt Duchesne play really well this year as well. You re-signed Philip Forsberg. So things are looking up for Nashville. Uh, I really think that, and this signing definitely helps that out. A uh, helps that out a little bit more. So now, now we're getting into some more Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, information regarding uh, the whole, I want to play for Montreal, I want to be traded, I'm not going to sign my qualifying offer, all that bullshit and whatever. So now it's coming out saying that he didn't ask for a trade from the Jets, Um he pretty much said, if I wanted out of Winnipeg, I would have asked for a trade. I didn't ask for a trade. There was no doubt in my mind that I was going to show, show up for training camp. Once we figured out the uh, one-year deal is the way to go, we were just waiting for the qualifying offer and waiting for that. Um, he, and then he pretty much just, just kept going on. I was like, then we signed that, and now I'm going, I'm going to camp, excited to meet everyone, the new coaching staff and the new players. So pretty much, he's ex- now he's saying it's he's excited to go back to play for um, for Winnipeg, but I'm not buying that. He'll be a RFA again next off season, so we'll see what might happen through that. Or honestly, he may get traded halfway through the season. Um, a contending team may make an offer for him because he is you know he's only 24 years old and he has proven to be a very uh productive player on the ice and if you can get a guy like that to kind of put yourself over the hump halfway through the season to make a run in the playoffs then hey i i'd go for it because i don't honestly i don't really know how winnipeg's gonna do this year uh, i feel like they've been very quiet on the uh free agency front and you know they had all this this whole uh, ordeal to deal with first before I feel like they can really do anything else. But and eh, I uh, I think that <laughs> I really think he's just going to leave halfway through the year. I, I think somebody's going to be like, "Hey, 
that's a great con- a one year. He signed a one year six million dollar contract. That's a great thing. Go to a contender that's kind of cap strapped, and you're good to go. So I think uh, I think that's where Dubois is heading. And now going over to. <laughs> I know I said this last time, but it's just kind of funny because these two guys are traded for each other. Uh, Patrick Laine signed a four-year, $34.8 million contract with an 8.7 AAV. Uh, As much as I hate saying this because right now I really don't like Columbus, but uh, it's a good deal for Columbus. Uh, 8.7 is really not that bad for a guy like Patrick Laine, who last season fit, played 50, 56 games, 26 goals, and 30 assists with uh, 56 points. And, you know, he's 24 years old. He's a known, well-known sniper around the league, and it's he's a, he's a great winger. And I think that his play will definitely complement well with Johnny Gaudreau, especially because Gaudreau is a, a assist machine. So... And I mean, hell, he even had uh, eighteen fifty uh, in uh, time on ice. So that's also very good for a guy, a player of his caliber. And it uh, it was a <clears throat> it was a very good uh, deal in terms of that. But the only other problem with this was that Oliver Bjorkstrand had to be traded to. Um, I believe it was the Seattle Kraken. So he was traded for. Let me uh, let me just pull this up real quick because he was traded. Um, <clears throat> pretty much as a. What's it called? He was pretty much traded to so they could sign Line. That's that's what I was trying to get out. It took me a little bit, but I finally got there. <laughs> so yeah, he was traded for a third and fourth round pick. Pretty much nothing. Um, he had 57 points in 80 games last season for Columbus. I personally think Columbus could have gotten a little bit more, but they were more eager to move on from him to create cap space to sign line a. So, cause Patrick line was a, um, restricted free agent and they move on from Bjorkstrand, re-sign line a and acquire Goudreau. So that's a very solid haul for Columbus. Cause they haven't really been relevant for the last few few years, and now they are definitely looking in the right direction. So moving on to the New Jersey Devils, they did make a deal. They still have not signed Jesper Bratt, but they have signed Jesper Boquist to a two-way contract. Um, good deal for that for him. Uh, I think if he can get more regular minutes, maybe at center, uh, on like the third or fourth line, it might be a little, uh, might be uh, pretty good for him, and he can also play the wing. So, um, but the Devils did re-sign, um, or not re-sign. They signed uh, Jonas uh, Siegenthaler to a five-year, seventeen million dollar contract. He gets a three point four million AAV, and he could have been uh, a restricted free agent after the season so i think this is a fantastic deal by the devils and i will tell you why and that's because he's becoming one of the better defensive defensemen in the league he does not really have the offensive power of a dougie hamilton or 
Victor Hedman, Adam Fox, Cal McCarr, those types of guys. But he is a he's been a defensive machine for the Devils, and to get him on a five year, seventeen million dollar extension, it's dirt cheap nowadays for those types of guys. And I think it's a fantastic deal by Tom Fitzgerald to get this done. Um, honestly, it kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm all for it. I mean. Siegenthaler's stats, obviously they're not, you know, flashy, but, you know, 70 games played, one goal, 13 assists, 14 points. Nothing too, um, you know, too crazy, but he also had, um, he only had 42 penalty minutes last year, which is still pretty good. I mean, 42, it seems like a lot, but, you know, they add up over time, and out of 70 games, only getting that many penalty minutes is not too bad. Um and he, you know, averaged around 20 minutes on the uh, total time on ice. And he's just been a very good uh, defenseman since the Devils acquired him from the Capitals. And they definitely needed that. So luckily they were uh, able to get that done and get the extension done. So the final piece of news before uh, – nope, we have – Two more pieces, so not the final piece, but one of the final pieces is uh, Connor McDavid uh, endorses the Jack Campbell signing with the Oilers and says game speaks for itself. So he is obviously excited about having Jack Campbell as the new um, netminder for Edmonton. Um, I mean, they uh, they definitely had uh, some issues last year in net. Uh, Mike Smith was really not that great, and Miko Koskinen was not great either. Um, so Campbell will be the Oilers starter with um, Stuart Skinner being being the backup. So uh, good good for Edmonton because I think that goaltending was one of the problems they definitely needed to address. Defense is definitely the other one. Offense obviously is uh, <laughs> carried by a certain uh, two players named Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So. But Jack Campbell, uh, 49 games played last year, 31 wins, 9 losses, and uh, 6 ties plus overtime slash shootout losses. So pretty uh, pretty good stats for him playing uh, on that uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. Uh, his goals against average was 2.64, and his save percentage was .914. So he, uh, you know... <clears throat> He had himself a very good year. Uh, unfortunately, Toronto couldn't get the job done against Tampa, but not you know Tampa Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. They're just going to be disgusting, regardless of um, regardless of what really what they really do. So, um, but I think it's a really good deal for Edmonton. Um, I really do. I think that now they have a solid goal uh goaltending option in net and i think that that they're on the right track to get themselves uh over that hump even though they did make it to the uh i want to say it was the uh the semifinals yeah or no they made it to the finals i don't know what i'm talking about they made it to the the uh western is it the Western Conference Finals? I'm gonna, I want to check that real quick. <clears throat> Just give me two seconds. Um, yeah, it is the 
Western Conference Finals. So they did make it to that, um, which was good for them. But unfortunately, they uh, had to go up against Colorado, which <clears throat> is not an is not an easy job, <laughs> as we stated before. But so, yeah, they uh, they definitely improved a little bit. But now they got I think they got to get some more uh, defense in because uh, Darnell Nurse and Tyson Barry can't really carry that uh, defensive load. They need to get some other guys in, and <clears throat> so we. Uh, we did have some other deals signed after the Niederreiter and the Patrick Line ones. Uh, Morgan, Ge- Morgan Geeky uh, will continue with the uh, Seattle Kraken. He agreed to terms on a one-year, $1.4 million deal. So they uh, avoid arbitration. Uh, Isaac Lundstrom is signing a two-year, $3.6 million contract with the Ducks. And speaking of Edmonton, um, Jesse Poolharvey is returning to the Oilers on a one-year, $3 million deal. So Edmonton gets their forward back. Um, the Ducks get another forward, uh, get get their forward back, and Seattle gets one of their forwards back. So everybody is uh, pretty happy at that point. And... Then moving to the final piece before the we dive straight into Matthew Kachuk is the potential seven destinations for Nazem Kadri, who is still currently unsigned in the NHL. So he uh, he he had a very good year um, last year. Uh, Seventy-one games played, twenty-eight goals, uh, fifty-nine assists, eighty-seven points. Um, he was an absolute rock star for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and I mean, his, his playoff numbers too were, were very good as well. Um, he, I mean, hell, he pretty much helped Colorado win that Stanley cup. So he is definitely, uh, waiting for the right contract. Now, the only other thing is there are only a select few teams that would be able to still sign him currently. That would be the New York Islanders who have a cap space of 11 million. They, uh, they really haven't, they really haven't made any moves. Uh, they were also in on Johnny Gajal and they lost out on him, but if they can get a guy like Kadri, that would be, um, that would be a very good deal. And, I think he'd definitely you probably you help out the Islanders a lot more than you'd think, but they uh they need to do a lot more than just bring in Nazem Kadri. Then you have the Seattle Kraken, so they uh do have two young centers in Maddie Bernier and Shane Wright, but Kadri would be able to take that top center uh line spot and really help out, I think. And the Kraken have acquired, as I said earlier, uh, Oliver uh, Bjorkstrand. They acquired Andre Burakovsky. And they still have um, – and they got Morgan Geeky back. They still have Jared McCann. And they also have Yanni Gord as well. So they have a lot of uh, decent offensive pieces around. So I think Kadri would be able to come in and um, help – help out the Kraken, but it 
also all depends on the Kraken only have $2.2 million in cap space. So they have to figure out a way to shed some of that, uh, some dead weight to move around with the cap. Uh, the next team is the Calgary Flames. Uh, we're going to get into uh, some of the players that they have recently acquired, but uh, he would definitely help out. They have $9.3 million in cap space. He would be a huge add for them if they can secure that top center uh, spot. Um, I mean, obviously they have uh, Elias Lindholm and they have uh, – Mikel Backlund, but after those two guys, they don't really have a lot of they don't really have a lot of center depth. So if they can get him, that would definitely be a good a uh, good de- uh, deal for Calgary. But they also do have to re-sign Andrew Maggiapane and um, Oliver Kylington. So they still have to sign some people, but they so the nine point three might not necessarily be there. But I think that. Calgary would be a pretty solid fit for him. Um, I mean, out of the out of the three that I've named so far, I think Calgary is definitely the best fit for him. Uh, and then I'd say probably Seattle second. And honestly, I don't really see him being an Islander. But never say never. And I've learned that the hard way multiple times. So, <laughs> but... Uh, Continuing down this list, we have the Boston Bruins, who have $4.7 million. Um, so Patrice Bergeron is still not re-signed. And they also acquired um, Pavel Zaka. And so their number one center spot is kind of interesting because nobody really knows if Patrice Bergeron is going to return. And... Pavel Zaka uh, said he'd like to play center, but he also said that when he was a devil, so I don't know if anything has changed since then. And, you know, they're also talking about bringing back David Krejci, and they have Charlie Coyle as well. So there are a lot of – there's a lot of center depth there if Bergeron comes back and they sign David Krejci. Um so I don't really see the Bruins being a realistic option, especially with the $4.7 uh, million cap space. Um, so the final three teams that we have on this list are the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings, and Colorado. So we're going to just go through this, these last three teams uh, pretty quickly so we can dive straight into the uh, – Matthew Kachuk trade. So, uh, starting off, Ottawa, uh, they have $10.8 million in cap space. Uh, they acquired Claude Giroux via free agency and Alex Dabrinkit via trade. Uh, Kadri would be a pretty good fit in there. Um, and they could also keep uh, Tim Stutzla in the middle and spend the rest of their cap space to upgrade their defense, which they just need to do, and that would be a pretty uh, good deal for Ottawa. They can do those types of deals, um, but yeah, I I think Ottawa would all I think Ottawa would be would be a pretty solid fit if they can get that done. They do have the cap space, and they uh, I think that they could work out some sort of deal. Uh, Detroit is another interesting one. Um, they've made a lot of money moves this year, and they uh, they still have ten point two 
million dollars in cap space. <laughs> so I mean, Detroit, Detroit has been making some very quiet moves in who they've gotten, and Steve Eiserman has been doing a very good job so far as the uh, GM. But I mean, it really all depends on what kind of team he'd want to play for. Uh, if you want to try to contend again, or if he would like to go cash out, be like, all right, I'm going to take my money, go play for uh, this team and uh, kind of play here for the rest of my career. So I think Detroit would definitely be one of those teams that would be pretty good. He'd slot in as the number two center um, behind Dylan Larkin. And then obviously uh, Detroit would have Andrew Kopp probably be the third center on that roster. So it would definitely be, I think he'd probably have the most fun there just based off of how young uh, and inexperienced Detroit is. Might play a little bit more to him being a good um, role model and bring in that uh, championship mentality. So finally, final team on this list, we finally got there, is the Colorado Avalanche, and they have $3.9 million in cap space. Um, the problem with this is that they, uh, they do need to hand Nathan McKinnon a big extension because realistically Nathan McKinnon deserves getting a massive extension, but they do not have the cap space for that. And, you know, it's just going to be a, uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, time to figure out if uh, Colorado can even get something done like that. And I feel like he's been waiting for them to make one move and to make their move. And I don't think they have. So I, uh, that's why I really think that I, I think his time in Colorado is done, won the cup, go somewhere else, uh, try to help them win a cup, maybe just cash in and kind of help groom some of the younger guys on a, uh, on a team. And I kind of think that's where he's head, heading uh, towards because there's not a lot of teams that would be able to sign him for the type of money I feel like he wants. So, fortunately, I don't really see him coming back to Colorado. But I can be proven wrong. So, that wraps up the signings and the uh, new game, I should say, where will Nazem Kadri land now, moving into, honestly, I'd like to say this is a very head-scratching trade, if, I'm, if I'd say so myself. Um, Matthew Kachuk was traded from the Calgary Flames to the Florida Panthers for Jonathan Huberto, um, Mackenzie Weger, prospect Cole Schwint, and Florida, Florida's lottery-protected first-round selection in the 2025 NHL Draft. Uh, so Florida now does not have a draft pick in the next four years. Uh, that's a pretty bad look if I, if I say so. Um, this is definitely a big, big, uh, accusation for the Calgary Flames. I mean, you lost Shawnee Gaudreau, you lost Matthew Kachuk, but you get Jonathan Huberto, a prospect and Cole Schwint and a, very good def uh, defenseman in Mackenzie Weger. So, and a first round pick. I uh, I generally I generally think Florida is kind of dumb for this trade. I really do. Um, like you got to be fucking stupid to send some of these guys. And 
ESPN gave them a B plus, Florida B plus. I don't, I'm not buying that. You know, uh, Kachuk is a very physical uh, player, which is great, but the type of stuff that you just gave up, and they handed him a a uh, eight year, nine point five million dollar uh, contract, but Jonathan Huberto was fantastic for the team and you know he played 80 games 30 goals 85 assists and 115 points he was a fantastic player for them and Mackenzie Weger too I mean he played um he also played 80 games eight goals 36 assists 44 points um and he he had uh 23 uh 23 minutes 22 seconds of uh total ice time or time on ice so you give up one of your better defensemen and one of your better wingers for. I mean, don't get me wrong. Matthew Kachuk is a is a great young talent in this league, but you give up two guys that are kind of irreplaceable on your roster for one guy that, for all we know, Kachuk might not have the type of season he had, which was for Calgary last year, eighty two games played. 42 goals, 62 assists, 104 points. Um, he's he's a great player, but Huberto and Uyghur? and your first round, and you literally do not have a first round pick to for until like four years from now. And uh, Cole Schwint, I, I just I just think, obviously, thank God nobody attempted to match this deal because I think it was complete and utter asinine that Florida even was, this is this is the type of shit that you see in like a simulated NHL uh career mode like you're just going along going along and then all of a sudden it's just like oh so and so is traded for this 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 and this and you're just like what like they don't make sense at all uh <laughs> it really it really makes you it really makes you wonder what some of these guys are gonna go for i mean the fact that kachuk went for a hundred uh 115 point player and a i mean Uyghur had 44 points last year but i just i just think it's insane i i think florida is honestly dumb as shit but <laughs> It, it's still like it, this it's been out for a few days now and I, i'm still like speechless about the fact that this even happened um then obviously uh jonathan huber said he he's open to staying uh long term in calgary so it's good for calgary they uh probably they maybe get to hold on to jonathan huber past the season because after the season i believe he will be a understated free agent and i think that calgary will also get a deal uh, probably get a deal done for mckenzie weaker so i think uh i think they'll definitely hold on to those two um and obviously kachuk staying long term in florida and he also stated that he would he wants to play for the panthers for the rest of his career um i don't know how true that'll be because at some point i think Florida's going to shoot themselves in the foot like they've done in the past and may have to trade him to uh, 
make some cap space, but uh, we'll we'll really see about that. Um, other than that, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. So, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to uh, to talk about other than the fact that I'm still kind of speechless about this trade. But you know, not much I could do about that. Everything's set in stone. They're all on their new teams getting ready for the upcoming season. So that uh, that wraps it up for today. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, on Now we're on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google and Amazon. So don't forget to subscribe and uh, stay updated with that. I'm also on uh, Instagram and Twitter at NotGivingAPuck and at those are all um it's all in lowercase so don't forget to check me out on that and of course uh check out uh chop sports media on all of the podcasting applications and everything like that so thank you all for listening and i hope you all have a great day